We've been talking a lot about forgiveness over the past month or so. We're wrapping that uh, discussion up today. And uh, again, glad that you're here. And if you missed anything, that's okay. We're going to be uh, touching on some new things today. And so wherever you are, glad you're here to be a part of the discussion. I'd like to start off just by introducing you to a few folks. This first guy, his name is Frank. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you know he is a fictional character from the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, he was a Marine, decorated Marine when he got out of the Marine Corps, went about his life. Uh, he saw the worst thing that could happen. Uh, his wife and two young children were executed right in front of him. Uh, that didn't sit well with him, and he decided to take matters into his own hands. Uh, and he found out those who were responsible, and he, he gunned them down, and he killed them. But he didn't stop with that. He decided that he's just going to make a war on organized crime and fight it wherever he could. And so he became uh, the anti-hero known as the Punisher. We've got a picture of that. Uh, you might have seen this comic book character. He's got the skull on his chest. Uh, and so what he does is he basically kills bad guys for a living. Uh, and it might not shock you to know, or it may shock you, that he is one of the most popular comic book characters after Spider-Man and Captain America that Marvel Comics makes. They have comic books, movies, made millions of dollars off of this character. Uh, there's even somebody in my neighborhood, they have a Jeep with that skull painted on top of it. Uh, I never crossed their path. <laughs> I don't know what, the, what they're capable of, but uh, this Punisher series is tapping into not just American culture, but around the world. Evidently, there's something in us that likes punishing people, likes seeing vengeance. Uh, hopefully not to the extent that Frank goes to, but we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Why do you think it is that he is such a popular character for Marvel Comics? also want to introduce you to Dolores. Uh, if you're a Harry Potter person, you might recognize her. Uh, she also is a Punisher, but she doesn't do it as overtly as Frank does. Uh, you'll see that she's prim and proper. She's articulate. Uh, she is in uh, education business. She loves to wear pink. She has pictures of cats on plates in her office, uh, and uh, she is a Punisher, but she's passive-aggressive, and she'll stab you in the back and uh, while she's stabbing you in the back, and uh, she also has in her hand a cup of tea with about five lumps of sugar, saying, bless your heart. And you're thanking her for stabbing you in the back until you realize just exactly what's going on. Uh, this is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Every bit as much a punisher as Frank Castle is, uh, but she goes about it in a different way. She does it in a way where you don't see it coming, uh, and she smiles, and she's sweet. And before, you know, it's hit you, uh, it's over. Right. Another person to introduce you to, this guy's name is Neil Hargrove. He's from the Stranger Things Netflix uh, television series, uh, and he's not very forgiving, right? Frank, it's not really in his nature to forgive. Dolores, it's not really in her nature to forgive. It's not really in Neil's nature to forgive either. He carries around a lot of anger. Uh, he has a lot of control issues, a lot of anger management issues, and he's very much a punisher, and when some does, someone does something wrong to him, he wants to do something about that. But, but he's too cowardly to punish the persons that hurt him. And so he misdirects his anger and his aggression and his control. And he takes it out on people who are innocent, who haven't done anything wrong, such as his young son, Billy, who you see here. And so Neil consistently abuses Billy physically, uh, emotionally, uh, and with his words. And he eventually turns Billy into a bully who grows up to be a teenager with lots and lots of problems, and he reenacts everything that his father taught him how to do. When someone harms you, redirect it on someone who's weaker than you and pass the buck along, right? In their lives, forgiveness is not in their nature. And finally, 
uh, one other person. This is Anna. Uh, she's also a fictional person. She's from literature, right, from Tolstoy. This is Anna Karenina. It's hard for me to say that. Uh, she's a punisher. She doesn't punish the innocent. She doesn't punish other people. She punishes herself because she carries around a lot of guilt in her life. For you see, she left her husband and their small young child to have an affair with someone else, and she left her family to go elf with the guy that she had an affair with. And for the rest of her short life, she's torturing herself as society also considers her an outcast. And eventually, she tortures herself to death, and she has a short life uh, and takes her own life in this terrible, terrible story, which has become a classic of literature, right? It's not in Anna's nature to forgive, right? So these are make-believe characters from a novel to television to comic books into movies, but I think that they are so popular because they strike a chord with us in different ways. And I I just wonder if you might see part of your story in one or more of these characters. Maybe like Frank, when someone crosses you, you don't let that get go by without a response, right? You punish them. You you push back. You hit back. You you go after the person that has hurt you. You you claim vengeance. Hopefully, it's not through murder and guns and things like that. But we obviously see in the world that that is a way that some people push back. And so, punishment, right? Taking care of whoever did whatever it was to us, taking that vengeance, right, is in some of us. And maybe it's not as overt as it is with Frank. Maybe we're more like Dolores. We get our punishment in. We we get our revenge in, but it's while we're smiling and we're sweet and we're blessing people's hearts, but we're undermining their lives and we're taking our revenge and we are not feeling very forgiving in our nature. Or maybe we're like Neil and we have a lot of anger and we have a lot of resentment. We have a lot of stuff that's built up on us, but we, we're too cowardly to, to push back against the people who've harmed us, and we rather take that home with us to friends or family members, to our children, and, and we lash out on other people when we're angry at others, uh, and we punish those who are innocent, uh, and that's the way that we operate. Or maybe we're like Anna. We've done something wrong in our life. We've done many things wrong in our lives, and, and, and we feel bad about that. And while others might forgive us, while God might even forgive us, we don't forgive ourselves and we punish ourselves again and again and again every day, every week, every month, every year for something that God has forgiven us for a long time ago. Do you see yourself in in these characters anywhere at all? Do do you believe like Frank and, and Dolores and Neil and Anna that it's just not in our nature to be forgiving and if so, how do we deal with all that? How do we deal with all that stress and that pain and, and that, that guilt and that shame? We've talked a lot in this series to think about the wrong things that we do to each other is kind of like rocks, right? When, when you harm someone, it's like you're putting a rock in a backpack on their back and it weighs them down. And when someone harms you, right, you're carrying around that, 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 that grudge and it weighs you down. And pretty soon, like these pebbles and these medium-sized rocks and these big rocks, they're weighing us down so much, right? We, just, we can't even get out of bed in the morning. Is it in our nature to be able to forgive? A lot of us think not, right? It seems like more in our nature, it's easy for us to hurt people. It's easy for us to to miss the mark, right? We read in the Bible, we've talked about, right, what sin is. It's missing the mark, going against God, right? It seems more often than not that human nature is doing the hard stuff rather than doing the stuff like forgiveness, 
want to go into the Bible today, into the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, where King David, one of God's great rulers, is really wrestling with his own sin. And he's done something wrong, and he's asking God for forgiveness. And, and this is what David says about his own human nature. See if this sounds familiar to you. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Right? David's like, I'm a bad guy. I messed up, right? It's been with me for a long time. Even when I was conceived, right? I, just, I have this, this original sin that's in me. There's something in me that's broken. There's something in me that makes me do things that are wrong. It's something in me that carries grudge and wants revenge and, and wrestles with guilt and, and it wrestles with shame, right? That, that's the nature David is kind of talking about, that there's something broken inside of us. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I experienced that. I know what it's like to feel broken. I know what it's like to do the wrong thing. I know what it's like to carry around guilt and shame with me, that that's part of my human nature that I don't like. And so my question is, am I stuck with that? Am I doomed to repeat that? Is that just an excuse for me to do bad rather than to try to do the right thing? I'd love to do good. It's just not in my nature. I'm just not a forgiving person. Is there any hope for us when our our human nature is brokenness and, and wrongness, right? Is, is there any way that we can ever be able to forgive if it's not in our nature? What is in the nature of us as human beings? What's at the heart? Let's think about it a different way. Have you ever known somebody uh, in your life uh, who perpetuates bad behavior and they have people around them who kind of justify it and say, oh, that's just so-and-so. You know, you, you need, you need don't, just overlook them. Right? They don't really know what they're doing. You'll get used to that. Right? Maybe you know someone who's racist who tells racist jokes, who discriminates against people because of their race, who just says nasty things about people because they're a different race. And some people are like, oh, you know, I know Sue shouldn't say that. But, you know, she's really a good person. Outside of this, she's a good person. And you, you, you just need to overlook Sue. She's from a different generation. And just, you know, just let that part of her personality go. Just get to know Sue. It'll be okay. Or maybe you know someone who's in the workplace or at the school where you teach uh, who, who harasses people, right, sexually, who says uh, comments that are, that are unsavory, who puts people in uncomfortable positions. And, and again, people bail them out. Oh, that's just Fred. I know that sounds kind of harsh up front, but when you get to know Fred, he's a really good guy. And if you could just look over some of the things that he says about women, you'll be glad that you're on staff with Fred. You, do you know people like that? Do, do you see that in, in many different ways in life? Well, when we see that and we, we justify that, but oh, that's just who they are, that's just their nature, I think we're missing the point. It might be in our nature to to be sexist. It might be in our nature to be racist, but it's not okay. We have to overcome that nature somehow to say this behavior is wrong. You you might want to say that, but you can't say that. You might want to do that. You you just, you can't do that. And we can't justify that behavior and say, oh, that's just Sue or that's just Fred. We got to hold people accountable and believe better in their lives, that there's other things deep within us that we want to try to tap into. It's not just bad stuff that that we're born with. There's something good inside of us. And so I think there's hope. Like, it might not feel like forgiveness is is in our nature, but maybe, maybe it is. So let's talk about somebody else. And this is, this is a real person. This is not a fictional person. This is, I want to talk to you about Jesus, right? The Son of God, God Himself, who is definitely in his nature to forgive, right? It's definitely in Jesus' nature to forgive. When, when uh, the angel comes and speaks to Mary, when the angel comes to speak to Joseph to say that, you know, God has chosen you to be the human parents of the, of the Savior of the world, of, of the Son of God, 
right? We, we, the angel says, when, when you have Jesus, I want you to name his name Jesus because it means God saves. Because this baby is going to save all of humanity, right, from their sins. Right? This Jesus, it's in his nature to come and save people to forgive them. Right? When they do wrong, to take away the guilt and the shame and the death and the hell that results from that. Right? From the very beginning, we know that in the nature of Jesus is forgiveness. The nature of Jesus is saving us from ourselves, and, and we know that from the very beginning. Then Jesus grows up, and what does he do? He ministers to people. He, he goes around people who are broken, right? people like you and me who make mistakes, who do wrong things, and, and he loves them, and he, he's present with them. And when the other religious leaders of the day shun them because they're not perfect, Jesus is there. And he teaches them a better way. Right? There's a story, we talked about early in this series, where there's a woman who's had an affair, and they're getting ready to kill her because that's something they could do back in the first century, back in Israel. They were going to throw rocks at her, stone her until she was dead. Right? And Jesus interrupts, and he says to those who've got the rocks, they're getting ready to throw them at the woman. He's like, okay. Whoever among you has, has not done anything wrong, who is without sin, then you go ahead and throw the first stone. And of course, no one can throw a stone because we all have made mistakes. We all have brokenness in our lives. And so they begin to drop the rocks one after the other. They walk away. And Jesus says to the woman, is there no one left to condemn you? And she says, no. He's like, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and live a different life. Jesus is merciful. Jesus is compassionate. It's in Jesus' nature to forgive. When he teaches his disciples how to pray, how to talk to God, one of their phrases is this, you know, Father, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our wrongdoing as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right? Jesus is saying it's, it's in my nature to forgive, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When Jesus was with his disciples for the last time, the last meal he's going to have with them before he's executed for something that he really didn't do, he he takes bread and he breaks it. He takes wine and he passes it and says, this is my body which is going to be broken for you. This is my blood which is going to be shed for you. Right? This is going to be shed for you so that you may be forgiven, so that, that the world may be forgiven, right? It's in Jesus' nature to forgive. And then when Jesus is executed, when he's nailed to the cross, when he's up there dying, and, and the people are responsible for this are all around him, the unthinkable happens. This is what Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Right? They're killing him. And he says, forgive them. Right? It's in Jesus' nature to be forgiving. I want to jump back into the Old Testament again, again in the book of Psalms. And this, this psalm talks about the nature of God. And Jesus, of course, is God. And so it talks about Jesus' nature. And and I find comfort in this psalm as I think about the sins that I've done that are wrong, right? When I've missed the mark. And it helps me think about those who've hurt me. And could I say some of these words that, that God has to say, right? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Thank God for that. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's in the nature of of God to forgive. It's in the nature of God to be slow to anger. It's in the nature of God not to hold all of our sins against us. When we deserve things, Jesus offers us grace, unmerited favor. 
It's in the nature of God to forgive. Now, check this out. This is uh, a, a church planter in the first century, wrote most of the New Testament. His name is Paul. This is what he says about Jesus. The Son, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, right? Jesus is in the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Why is Jesus so good? Because he's created in God's image. He is God himself. Right? This, this is a good thing, the image of God. The Bible talks about the image of God. Right? Being in the image of God is more than just what you look like. It's who you are down deep and what you are able to do. Right? It, those who are in the image of God, like Jesus, are able to be like God. Right? To be in the image of God means that we're able to love. It means that we are able to reason. It means we're able to create. It means that we are able to be compassionate. It, it means that we're able to give. It means we're able to sacrifice. Being in the image of God means we're able to forgive. Right? Now, here's the good news. It's not just Jesus who's created in the image of God. Check this out from the very first book of the Bible, book of Genesis, chapter 1, first chapter in the Bible, when God is creating humanity, this is what it says. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Right? So it's not just Jesus that's created in the image of God, but you're created in the image of God, and you're created in the image of God, you're created. We're all created in the image of God. So on the one hand, we've got this sinful nature that we're born with that King David talked about in the book of Psalms. But before that, at the, at the very bottom, our primary existence, the first thing is that we're created the image of God, and that is good. We hear all the time how we're bad and bad and bad and bad. At the heart of ourselves, we're created in the image of God, and that is good. You can love like God. You can reason, right? You can create. You can be compassionate. You can give. You can sacrifice. You can forgive like God. So before there's sin and original sin and actualized sin in our lives, at the heart of us is the image of God. Now, on top of that image of God, right, when sin comes along, when we choose to do the wrong things, when we have this original sin, it kind of like stains the image of God, right? So we're created first in the image of God, then sin stains that image of God, so it's like a tug of war. There's good in us, and there's bad in us, and it's fighting, right, for our attention. It's like there's an angel on one side of our shoulder, the devil on the other side, do the right thing, do the wrong thing, right? Do you feel that tug of war in your life, right? We've got goodness in us, but we also have this wickedness that's inside of us. But the primary thing that's inside of us is the image of God. The importance of Jesus is he came into the world to die on a cross and to come back to life to wash away the stain, to restore us into the full image of God. We have a traditional worship service that happened earlier this morning. We sang an old-timey hymn, and it talked about how the blood of Jesus washes away the stain, right, to get us back to that image of God in which we've been created. The Bible uses a word for this called transformation, right? God meets us where we are and helps us become something more. And in this case, God dials things back to the image of God that we're created in, right? It's one of our three core values, transformation. God meets us where we are, helps us become something more, right? God helps us fight off that sin and restores us in the image of God that we're created. So what? What's the point? What does this have to do with forgiveness? What does this have to do with this series? What does it have to do today? This is one thing I'd love for you to remember when you go home today. It is in your nature to forgive. It is in your nature to forgive. It is in your nature to forgive. A lot of times we say it's not in my nature, right? I'm like Frank. I want to punish somebody, right? I'm like Dolores. I want to punish somebody, but I'm going to do it in a passive-aggressive way where they don't see it coming, right? I'm like Neil. 
I get mad, I punish other people who are not, uh, who are not guilty, right? Or we're like Anna, I punish myself. It's just not in my nature to forgive, the Bible says. It's in your nature to forgive, and that's good, brothers and sisters. That gives us hope that those backpacks full of rocks that we're carrying around, the wrong things that people have done to us, we can take them off, right? Jesus is going to take that off for us. Right, all the rocks that we've thrown at other people and they're carrying those around, right? Jesus is ready to help take them off their backs, right? To lighten the load so that we can find life to the full. We can find forgiveness. We can, we can find release for this, right? It means no matter what you've done, no matter what bad things that you've done in your life, you can be forgiven by God. And those grudges that you're harboring, that vengeance that you want, that's never going to bring you peace or satisfaction, God can take that anger from you and release it. And, and we can forgive the people that wrong us. Now, we've talked about that. That doesn't mean that we condone their wrong behavior. It doesn't mean that we call them to change their behavior. It doesn't mean that we're going to have to be best friends with them, right? But it does mean that we can release that hatred inside of us that ruins our lives and to let it go. I'm reading this book with my son, Nathan, who's nine years old, and we're reading it together, and we're reading it separately together. Like he's reading it, I'm reading it, and we're comparing what we're reading. And so it's a lot of fun. And in this book, there's this, this young boy about the same age as my son, Nathan, uh, who feels bad about himself. He's done some wrong things. He doesn't trust himself. He, he, he doesn't have a great self-image, and, and he feels guilty, and, and just there's a lot of stuff in that. He doesn't know how to feel better about himself. And his mentor in the book has this advice for him because he's kind of a chess kind of fan. And He's like, it's like when you're playing chess. If you're in a bad situation, a bad spot, then, then you can reverse one of your moves and, and move back. Right? You, can, you can take a step back and, and kind of reset the game and, and reset your, your thinking. It's kind of like those of you who watch soccer or hockey, right? Sometimes if you're in a tight spot, then you can pass the puck or you can pass the ball backwards. You can't do that in football, Chris, Buffalo Bill guy. You can't do that in basketball, right? But in hockey and soccer and chess, you can, you can stop and step back and reassess, right? And so that little boy felt better about his life, and he, he's like, I need a second chance. I need to step back from where I am and get a fresh start. Jesus gives us that chance to step back. Jesus on the cross gives us a, a chance to step back, to pass the puck back, to pass the ball back, to pull the chess piece back. See, I don't like where I am. I don't like what's going on in my heart. I don't like what I've done. I need a fresh start. I need to get back to the image of God, right, and get rid of some of this sin. Jesus says, I'll make that possible. So what I'd like to invite you to do this week, this day, and every day in your life is to do this. Live into the image of God that you were created. Live into the image of God that you created. Own it, right? A lot of times we say, I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. But you're created in the image of God. Own that, right? Now, you're not going to be able to do this without Jesus. You, you have, we have to ask Jesus, Lord, forgive me what I've done. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Forgive me. Give me that power to resist sin. He will do that. And also to say, Holy Spirit, come inside of me and help me to be forgiving of others. It's not just me that needs forgiveness. I need to let some other people in my life go. I'm tired of being a punisher. I'm tired of hurting other people, whether it's overtly or whether it's passive-aggressively or whether it's hurting the wrong people or punishing myself. I'm ready to let these rocks go, Jesus says, come to me. I will make your path straight. I will make your load light. So live into the image of God that you've been created in. I want to go back to that psalm that we read in the Bible from Psalm 103 where it talks about how God is slow to anger and God is not quick to punish us in the ways that we like, have been punished, need to be punished. 
And instead of having God's name in there, since we're creating the image of God, I want us to think about it in terms of us in God's place. If we're creating God's image, if it's in our nature to forgive, then this psalm is not just about God, it's about us, right? We're not there, all of us, yet, but, but let me just read this and see what you think. With Jesus, I am compassionate and gracious, right? Remember, the psalm starts out, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. We're creating God's image. I, you, we are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. I will not always accuse, nor will I harbor my anger forever. I'm not going to be a punisher. I do not treat people as their sins deserve or repay them according to their wrongdoing. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is my love for people. As far as the east is from the west, so far I have forgiven the people in my life. Now, if we're creating the image of God and God does that, then we can do that. We're probably not all there. I'm not all the way there every day. I promise you that. But it's possible. The Holy Spirit's with us. He can make that possible. Are you tired of carrying around a bag full of rocks of sins, unforgiven sins? Are you tired of being a punisher? Are you tired of just wallowing in yourself like anger and vengeance, right? Are you tired of, of running from God and not asking God for forgiveness? Right? Let today be the day that you let Jesus in to do something about that, right? To restore you in the image of God and claim the goodness that's inside of you because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, right? And to move forward today forgiving people and letting that load be lightened. If that's something that you want, then I invite you to read this prayer with me. I invite you to say, Lord, make this happen in my life, right? And if, if we can't do it right now, right, take it home. Psalm 103, just put your name in place of God, right? Because we're creating the image of God. We're not God, right? Don't get me wrong, but we can be like God. And so if you're looking for something like that in your life, I invite you right now to say it aloud, whether you're at home or whether you're in the sanctuary here with us. Let's make this a prayer to God that we can tap into that image of God that we're creating and we can be forgiving and let go. Let's, let's say this together. I am compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. I will not always accuse, nor will I harbor my anger forever. I do not treat people as their sins deserve or repay them according to their wrongdoing. For as high as the heavens above the earth, so great is my love for people. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I forgiven the people in my life. We can set the bar high, brothers and sisters, because we're created in God's image. It is in your nature to forgive. Live into the image of God and find the peace of forgiveness that Christ offers. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. And now I'd like to invite you to stand and sing our closing song, Oh, Come to the Altar. If you're carrying something heavy on your heart, some kind of grudge that you need to let go, then just imagine we're at the altar of God because we are. And this is a time for us to come before God seeking and granting forgiveness.